will you do with Jesus? The text is in Matthew chapter 7. And for the purpose of context, I want to read from verse 11 to verse 26. So we can get a full picture. In fact, if you have the New King James Version, it, it is awesome. And I, I want to challenge you to go home and take some time and go through it. Don't just, don't just read the, the, the Bible and look at what you have marked. Because sometimes that happens. Because you have it already marked, your eyes scan over it, but you don't look in depth into it. And you may miss some important truths and principles in this particular passage of scripture. So I want you to read it in the King James Version. And I want you to read it in some other translation. I'm going to use the, the New Living this morning. And as usual, I'm going to ask you to stand with me for the reading of God's word. We're going to do that. Then we're going to pray. And we're going to get into this. This is going to be good this morning. I hope you have a pen, a highlighter, some stuff because you're going to need to highlight and write some things this morning. Come on, just lift your Bibles up and declare with me that this is God's word. Not Pastor Omar's word. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are opened. And I better not go to sleep. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, let me just read for you verse 11, Matthew chapter 27. Now, Jesus was standing before Pilate, the Roman governor. And he says, are you the king of the Jews? The governor asked him. Jesus replied, you have said it. But when the leading priests and elders made their accusations against him, Jesus remained silent. Don't you hear all these charges they are bringing against you, Pilate demanded. But Jesus made no response to any of the charges, much to the governor's surprise. No, it was the governor's custom each year during the Passover celebration to release one prisoner to the crowd. Anyone they wanted. So the people would get what they want, right? That's what the scripture says. What the people want, what the people will get. In other words, when the king is going to do this, whatever you want, whatever you want, you will get. I want you to remember that as we continue. This year, there was a notorious prisoner, a man named Barabbas. Alright, so remember, two pri a prisoner must be released. So we're getting the name of the first prisoner. His name is Barabbas. Barabbas means son of the father. But the scripture said, a notorious prisoner. Right? 
As the crowds gathered before Pilate's house that morning, he asked them, Which one do you want me to release to you? Barabbas, the notorious criminal, or Jesus, who is called the Messiah? In other words, who do you want? Remember, whatever the people wanted, the people would get. The governor asked, people, what do you want? Jamaica, what do you want? Church on the Rock, Ultrarius, what do you want? St. Anne, what do you want? Do you want, this is the description, a messiah or a notorious criminal? You think the answer is easy, right? Duh. <laughs> let, let, let's, let's continue. Right? Verse 18. He knew very well that the religious leaders had arrested Jesus out of envy. Meaning the only reason why Jesus was in this situation is because of some bad mind people. Alright? Of course it was a father's divine plan, but understand the context. Just then, as Pilate was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent him this message. Leave that innocent man alone. So again, one is a notorious criminal, and one, even by Pilate's wife, is declared to be an innocent man. She said, I suffered through a terrible nightmare about him last night. Meanwhile, so the wife is speaking to Pilate, and at the same time, the leading priests and the elders, at the same time, persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas. So the people were persuaded by other people in church to choose Barabbas. Right? Right? That, that's what that's right, right. That's what it says. You know, the, the, the leading priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas to be released and for Jesus to be put to death. Remember, whatever they wanted, they were going to get. Right? So the governor asked again, Which of the two do you want me to release to you? By this time, his wife persuaded him. And the leaders persuaded the people. So, he could have said, my wife told me. So I'm going to do this. He opted to go back to the people. The people were persuaded. So what did people do? The crowd shouted back, Barabbas! Pilate responded, then what should I do with Jesus, who is called the Messiah? They shouted back, crucify him. Pilate said, why? Pilate demanded, what crime has he committed? In other words, he's really saying, it's a rhetorical question. He hasn't done anything to be crucified. Again, he could have released him. Because he wasn't guilty of anything. Alright? 
we just we just going through the text. This is this is good. I see why you need to read it when you go home. All right. But the mob roared even louder. Crucify him. Pilate saw that he wasn't getting anywhere. In other words, the people were so convinced, but so that he could not unconvince them. Watch it. And that a riot was developing. So he sent for a bowl of water and washed his hands before the crowd saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. The responsibility is yours. And all the people yell back, we will take responsibility for his death. We, not just we, but all our children will all take responsibility for the death of this innocent man. So Pilate, what did he do? He released because the people get what they want. Release Barabbas to them. He ordered Jesus flogged with a lead-tipped whip. Then turned him over to the Roman soldiers to be crucified. Heavenly Father, open our eyes to see your truth. Our ears to hear your voice. Our minds to understand your word. And our hearts to receive everything that you have in store for us. Spirit of the living God. Have your way we pray. In every life. In this building. And those watching online. May your will be done. And your kingdom come. In Jesus name. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for standing with me. You may be seated. That's some good word right there. Um, important questions for life are found all uh, throughout God's word. And these questions have eternal consequences for each one of us. And they deserve our full attention. When you come to a question in the scripture, take some time to pay attention to it. It's a part of the Bible studying tools that you will need. So in our text, these evil religious leaders have now had Jesus arrested on bogus charges, brought him before Pilate, whipped the crowd up into an emotional frenzy, and demanded Jesus' death. That's why you must be very careful when you see what excitement, you know. Because in excitement, people get, they are so caught up emotionally that they get misled. Emotions are very good because we must worship the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. But emotions alone is not, I mean, I always tell people, if you go through all the emotions and I ask you, what was the Lord doing in you? I, I don't know, you know. God just, God just, God just go on with some things. God just let me jump up in the air and just roll over on the ground. But what, what, what is he doing? At the end of the expression of emotion, the, emo, the mind, the mind, the emotions, and the will, all three must be involved in whatever the Lord God is doing in your life. Not just emotion. Because if all that you get is emotions, it's not enough. So here it is. These people are in this. They're, they're ecstatic and excited and all of those things. And in that somebody just squeezed in. Hey, 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 hey. While you're at it. While you're at it. Ask a barber. Say here. And they were so caught up emotionally. That they didn't make sense of what they were going to do. That, that's clear, right? So now Pilate has seen through the plans of these religious people. But he was a weak appointed leader 
who was afraid of his own position. So he really wanted to appease this crowd. Pilate knew that this was the plan. He knew that the only reason why Jesus was brought before him is because of some envious people. But he wanted to please the crowd. If if you're going to be a crowd pleaser, you're going to reject Jesus. I mean, there's so much I can tell you out of this, but I'm just going to go on, right? Because of time. Pilate stands before the mob with a decision to make. What will he do? In fact, what can he do? Today, you and I stand before God with a decision to make. And Pilate asked this question. What am I to do with Jesus? Your question, my question is simply this. What will you do with Jesus? And in a pragmatic sense, I offer you two choices this morning. Two, very simple. Will you do what's popular? From this text, I understand that Pilate chose the popular opinion. And today, when you're asked, what will you do with Jesus? People sometimes choose the popular over the great high priest. Choose the popular over the prince of peace. Choose the popular over the prophet Jesus. People choose the popular. What's wearing? What's hot? What's in style? What's full of fire over Jesus? This was the dilemma which faced Pilate. Think about his position. He held the power of life and death in his hand. In fact, Luke tells us that three times Pilate pronounced Jesus innocent. Here are his words. In in Luke, when you read it, he says, I find no fault in this man. Three times in Luke, Pilate says, listen, this man is innocent. He had the power the first time to render his judgment and the case would have been closed. If he had said, release him, he would have been released. He never even needed to go to the people. You realize, as the governor, he had the power. How many times we are in situation where we have the power to do what is right. You know what we do? We listen to the masses. In fact, here's how Luke says it in the King James. Pilate knew it was out of envy that they delivered Jesus. He knew. He knew this was the wrong thing. Have you ever been approached and you know what the person coming to you wrong? You know what I'm telling you wrong. You know what they're suggesting is not the right thing. <laughs> Even that wording tells us what the crowd or mob had expected. The people wanted Jesus dead. Right? They wanted him to be what? Crucified. No, no, that's something you have to read this because if you don't read it properly, you're going to miss how it applies in today's context. So I don't want you to miss the truth because that opinion is still the popular opinion today. What is the popular opinion? If Jesus were out of the picture, all would be well. It is the prevailing attitude. So here's what all the people are saying is that, listen, we need to get Jesus out of the picture. Get him out of the way. This, this heap of praying in school business, nothing change. This heap of, take it, we don't want me pitting them praying in school. 
take it out of the school. Stop this devotional and this prayer thing. Listen, this every time we're having function and I invite pastors and people to come and pray, we don't need no prayer. You understand me? If prayer did a work, Jamaica would have changed. And people are now trying to listen. If Jesus, the idea in the scripture is this the truth is, if Jesus were not around, then people could get to do what they want to do. It's a very popular opinion today. If you can just don't have Jesus in your life, you have freedom to do what you want. Because, because if you ever serve Jesus, you are going to be marginalized and you're going to be restricted. So the, the, what we need to do, the priests, the, listen, their business was, not, business was not going good for them. Because now, remember, everybody used to go to the synagogue and the temple. Jesus comes along and thousands of people following Jesus. And the synagogue is empty. But when Jesus turned up at the synagogue, there's no space. Some people say, hold on, hold on, hold on. We need to get rid of this man, man. And then, on top of that, he not want to tell the people them what we want to tell them. He must tell them for him one thing. So the only way we can get to do what we want to do is to get Jesus out of the picture. Isn't that a prevailing attitude? That even as believers, when people want to do things, the first must do is dismiss Jesus. I'm not a Christian anymore. Yeah, a long time, I don't really go to church. I don't really matter right now. But, but there are two possibilities. You're saying, well, Pastor, um, um, so I ask you, will you do what's popular? So there are two popular things that people tend to do that we see from Pilate and the people. First one is a question. Will you reject him? This is what the people in Jerusalem did. The people in Jerusalem, they listened to the leaders. They allowed the leaders to exercise control over them. And they rejected Jesus. Be careful whose voice you listen to. Because the voices you listen to determine the choices you make. You can't listen to everybody. Because your choices are going to be messed up. Be careful of the voice that is speaking into your life. Because it helps shape the choices that you make. They listen to the leaders and out of listening to them, here's what happened. They rejected Jesus. Not only that, but you know what mob means, right? I call mobs massive betrayers. Because that's what they were really doing in this context, betraying Jesus. In fact, sometimes people believe that majority rules. Yeah, have you ever heard that? Let me tell you something about majority. Sometimes the majority only means that all the fools are on the same side. So don't follow majority. Sometimes you have to stand alone. It is fascinating that in an entire mob, no one was bold enough. To even say, not one person from the text. Not even one person. This is a place that Jesus would have done signs and wonders. Where a week ago, there was a big celebration. Where two weeks before that, thousands were following him. And he gets to a point in the same city. And not one person said, give us Jesus. Not one voice recorded in scripture 
said, give us Jesus. The majority of people today are rejecting Jesus. Many outside the church reject who he is. They reject what he did and how he did it. They said, really, Jesus no walk on the water. A man write that in a Bible. Raise some rich dead. Not no go like that. Steal them, steal them body. Which son of God? God a spirit. We are talking about. God can't have pitney. These are things. Prevailing thoughts. And they reject Jesus. The truth is that Jesus is the dividing line. And what you do with Jesus determine who and whose you are. So what will you do with Jesus? This decision determines family and friends. It determines life and death. It determines heaven and hell. What will you do with Jesus? Sometimes I even wonder if inside the church we find those who reject Jesus. See, I want you to know that 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 the the the, the, the in in the, in, in the text, right? The, the the priests and the 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 Pharisees, they're a type of what the church was at that time. So these are the church people. The church people. There was a subtle rejection of Jesus. And even today there is. You may be saying, well, uh, this sounds like it is just of people outside of the church. Because if you're inside the church, how can you reject Jesus? We may not challenge who he is. We may not challenge what he wants. Or what he, what he wants us to do or what he has done. All we do is simply ignore Jesus. When we ignore Jesus, it's a form of rejection. What do I mean by ignoring him? When we don't keep his word. When we don't obey him. Because if you love me, the scripture says, you will keep my commandment. And when we're not doing that, we're actually rejecting Jesus. I will put it this way to you. That in this world, there are two kingdoms. There is no neutrality. You can't be in the middle. You're a part of a kingdom. Every single person on earth is a part of a kingdom. Either the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of light. There's no in between. You can't be in between kingdoms. You either belong to one or you belong to the other. So here's what you may say. Well, pastor, I don't know about you. But I've never ac- rejected Jesus. Let me ask you. Have you accepted him? Because to not accept him is to reject him. Let me say it again. If you don't accept him, let me put it plain. It means you have rejected him. Because it's what happened in the crowd. The fact that they said, give us Barabbas. They said, well, we never really reject Jesus. We just take Barabbas instead. Because you get what you want. If you love me, keep my commandment. That's a litmus test. So what will you do with Jesus? Will you reject him? Will you do what's popular by rejecting him? Or will you do what's popular by replacing him? Will you replace him? In Jerusalem, they basically rejected Jesus. So they really replaced Jesus. Yes, they replaced Jesus. Pilate, like, Pilate kind of said to them, you, 
you really killing Jesus and letting Barabbas go? Seriously? You see, when we read that story, we tend to be shocked that they would choose a notorious criminal to be released back among them and kill the one who offered to heal, to touch, to forgive, and love. And you may be saying, I'm telling you what wicked people, how could they ever do that? How could they think about it? They had Jesus, who they saw. Let me just give you some, 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 some things that you have to understand the text, right? Now, Barabbas was a criminal. He was a robber. He was a thief. He would rob people and kill people. Criminal. He couldn't do that to Romans. Because they were under the control of Romans. So if he did that, right, it would be problems. But when he robbed people, it would deny the Romans of their taxes. So it was important that the Romans kind of remove him out of the system and have him in prison. Because he was affecting the Roman business. But do you know who he was really robbing? The people. The same people that says release him to us. Come, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> come on, come on. Come on, come on, listen, listen, listen. The same people that this notorious criminal was terrorizing is the same people that said, give him us, give him back to us. Watch this. Remember, all the while leading up to this point, what was Jesus doing? Restoring sight, feeding, teaching. So Jesus was healing. Jesus was taking care of them. But the people were willing to replace him with the one who came to kill, steal, and destroy. Can you imagine? Do you know that that is happening today? That the same devil that is going around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour according to Peter. That people take that same devil over Jesus who is keeping them and protecting them, providing for them. Every day people do that. You may say, Pastor, but really, nothing not go like that, Pastor. Nothing not go, sir. Really? People today are still choosing Barabbas over Jesus. I wonder today if we tend to replace Jesus in our lives. How? How do we replace him? When we replace Jesus, it means we break the first commandment, which is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength. When, when, when we replace Jesus, it means that, listen, we put the things of the world. Like, what does Barabbas offer? What does the world offer? There's nothing that this world offers that is lasting. Listen, nothing that... Bar- listen, Barabbas was coming to steal. Barabbas wasn't coming to bless the people, to lift up the people, to heal the people. He wasn't coming back into the community to do that. Jesus would have done that. But somehow we have a way, like these people, to say, give me the world. Give me the world. And they say, no, pastor, that's not us. Let me ask you today. If Jesus and money was presented to you, what would you take? Because Barabbas is money, you know. Barabbas is like a billion dollars right now in your pocket. Let me ask you again. Don't answer me. Because I want you to be truthful in church. My grandmother used to tell me, don't tell a lie in church. Because my lightning strike in here. You will jump down and dead. 
Because lie is a bomb in nation. It's not a bomb in nation. It's just a bomb in nation. Understand me? So don't, don't ramp with God's words in church. So don't answer. Don't answer. Just think about it. If a billion dollars were presented to you and Jesus, which would you take? I know that you mind telling you, well, me could take the billion, you know, and, 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 and come, it not going to affect me. And do some things to God with it. <laughs> because me know me, me know me get it, me still going to serve God. And you don't realize that even that very mindset is putting money above God. See, the people didn't realize that they were choosing sickness over healing. If they were told, listen, what you're asking for is sickness and death and destruction. If, if they were told that when you get Barabbas, you're going to get sickness and death and destruction. And when you get Jesus, you're going to get healing, life and all of these things. They would have made a different choice. But on the face of it, it looked better and felt better because they were influenced by some people. Anything we raise to the level of Jesus becomes an idol for us. Anything, whether it be money or car or clothes or whatever it is, pursuit of education, and nothing is wrong with those things. What is wrong is when they take the place of Jesus in our lives. When we replace Jesus with, with land and house and car and relationships and money. How can Jesus be first when he only gets what left in your schedule, your money, your energy, and your effort? In other words, Listen, how do I know people are still replacing Jesus? Who gets the best of your time? Who gets the best of your energy? Who gets the best? Do you honor God first or is he getting leftovers? What have you done? Or what will you do with Jesus? Will you simply follow what's popular? Or secondly, the second choice is will you do what's prudent? Will you do what's prudent? The word prudent is, unless you're reading um, Proverbs, you don't really see the word prudent anymore. People don't use it. People don't say, boy, you're a very prudent man, you know. You know, prudent is not a word we use every day, although it's prob- it probably should be. The word prudent means acting with or show- showing care and thought for the future. To be prudent means I'm not just living my life in the now. It means being wise and careful in providing for the future. So a prudent person is not just in the here and now. They are thinking about the future. And if you read the text, one of the things the people says, the people were unwise. They even implicated their kids. They said our future generation put Jesus' blood on them. That, is that what they said in the scripture? They, we, we will take responsibility and our children... Can you imagine doing what's popular? It's neither wise nor careful nor providing for your future. The popular is the expedient. Or better said, taking the path of least resistance. That's what it is. To be, the popular is the easiest way to get rich I want to take. Why do you think so many people dying from scamming? And so many people. Because here's the thing. When that son comes home with that money. And says, mommy I'm going to build your house. She gets her caught up in the house. That she don't care about who was robbed to get the money. Isn't that what happened? 
So she's thinking like, finally, I get a mansion to live in. And nobody's thinking about an 80-year-old just lost everything in their entire life. Right? So here it is. The path of least resistance is what makes men and rivers crooked. Let me say it for you again. The path of least resistance is what makes men and rivers crooked. It's better to go to trials and tribulation and get there than to have ease and compromise. Let me say it again. It's better. Let me say it again. These people put the blood of their children on the line. I'm going to teach you a principle. I tell you, you're going to get more than the first service. The decision you make today not just affects you, but it affects your sons and your daughters. And I can tell you this. Write it down somewhere. I knew you were going to get more now. Whatever you compromise to gain, you will eventually lose. As a child of God, whatever you compromise to gain, you will eventually lose. The devil ain't going to bless you to serve God. The devil ain't going to bless you with stuff to serve God. If the devil is giving you stuff, it's to serve the devil. So if you take things from the devil and start serving God, what do you think the devil going to do? Not take it back, man. A him name is a take it back. You know, some people, when they come to them, start serving God, they start lose things. Yeah, man, because the devil does give them. And you change side. You change side, you change fortunes. Let me just go on. So as it relates to prudence, I want to offer you two options for Jesus in your life, which I believe are biblical, practical, and eternal. The prudent thing to do is to receive him. Receive him. John 1 verse 12 says, As many as receive him, he gave the power to become sons of God. Receive him. You see, to receive Jesus is to recognize who he is. To recognize why he came. To recognize what he did and what he can do for you. He is God's one and only son. He came to die on a sinner's cross. He did die there for your sins and mine. And he can forgive your sins, cleanse your life and connect you to the holy God. And secure your place in heaven. But as good as that sounds, he can give you new life and life to the fullest here and now. But you must receive him. You have to receive him. Receive him into your heart as your Lord, as, as, as your Lord and your Savior. Again, because there's no neutrality. If you don't receive Jesus, you, your child of the devil. I know you don't like to hear these things in church, but there are only two places you can. You can only have two fathers, you know. One or two, you know. Either God or the devil. 
Because you have a father. One thing is sure that every child has a father. It may be an absentee father. But every child has a father. Including Jesus the son of God. So the prudent thing to do is to receive Jesus. The prudent thing to do is after you have received Jesus is to release him. Now this one not going to make a lot of sense to you until I explain it. So to return to Jerusalem even in memory is a little frightening because of the mirror image that we see today. What happened that day, that seed, if you were, recreated? We don't have to recreate it, really, because what we see around us every day is depicting what happened back then. So watch what happened. Pilate stands before the crowds and shouts, Who do you want me to release to you? Jesus or Barabbas? So let me ask, who do you want, people? Who do you want to be released in your life today? Money or Jesus? Billions or Jesus? Do you want promotion or Jesus? Do you want marriage or Jesus? Who do you want today? Every day there is someone asking people this question. Every time you go to your time of devotion, you have a choice. To ask for the release of Jesus in your life or Barabbas. Every time you open your Bible to read it, you read it and you open and you see a word. Are you going to, you, you have been asked, do I want Jesus to be released in me or Barabbas to be released in me? Who do you want to be released in your life and over your life? The crowd response was, release Barabbas. Release Barabbas. Again, isn't it shocking because with Barabbas, there's no hope. There's no way out. There's no salvation. Why would people want someone to be released that they would receive that can't help them? Because they would be receiving him instead of Jesus. You're getting it, right? So, if I'm releasing something over here, you're going to be the receiver. So when Pilate said, release Barabbas, the people are receiving Barabbas. So someone says to you, I have something that will steal, kill, and destroy. And I have innocence. What do you want? Holiness. And righteousness. Over sin. And unrighteousness. What do you want? Morality over immorality. What do you want? That's a question. Releasing Barabbas meant. Putting evil back in their midst. While keeping God in chains. I'm going, I'm going to explain the God in chains because I don't want to walk out with a, with a misunderstanding. But, but Barabbas represents evil and sin. The people basically said, give us sin. Give us what's evil. Give us what's corrupt. Give us what's immoral. Give us what is unrighteous. Release that into us. Over the holy and righteous Savior of mankind. 
See, people will say that no one can chain up God. I agree. If God chooses to play the cards of his sovereignty and power, then certainly nothing can stand against him. I agree. He made this world with a word, and he can destroy it just as quickly. I agree. I, I tell you this. Jesus, God Almighty, can stop everything that's going on in the world right now. God Almighty, by, own, by his own self, can step into the conflict between Russia and Ukraine. God Almighty can step into everything happening in Jamaica and put an end to it. If God wants to, God can send a flood and wipe off this place of the end, if God wants to. Alright? But why doesn't God do that? Because all throughout eternity and creation and life, God has worked through men. Amen? He worked through Adam. He worked through Noah. Through Abraham. Through Moses. Through Jacob. Right, right throughout history, he works through the disciples in the New Testament. God has worked through people. So the reason why some things are not done is not because God can't do them. Is Oh, I wait to get this done. Because instead of people asking for Jesus to be released so the work can be done, we keep asking for I'm reminded, let me help you with this, that Jesus could not do miracles in Nazareth. You remember? Not because he lacked the power and not because Jesus lacked the desire. Because Jesus was doing miracles next door. But none could happen in Nazareth. Why, why, why? Come on, tell me. You're a Bible student. Because of the lack of faith of the people, right? Amen? Haven't you heard him say in scripture, I haven't seen such great faith even in the house of Israel? In a real sense, they would not release him in Nazareth to perform all the wonders of which he was capable. I wonder if the reason those who bear the name of Christ has lost their influence is because we really don't want to simply release our Lord in our lives. We haven't said, Jesus, Jesus, we want you. Power of God, have your way. Come into my life. Take over. Rule and reign. In other words, we don't want that because somehow, remember, somehow we believe too much of Jesus is too little bit of a problem. In other words, boy, if Jesus really gets involved, my, my life is going to be messed up. Too many things are going to be changed. So I have to stay on the fringes because this church thing demands too much. I just want a little bit of him. Enough to get me to heaven. But not enough to get me fired up. So you know what? We choose Barabbas. Because the priest went back to being the high priest. The elders went back to being elders. Though they ask for evil. Come on, come on. Come on. Listen, they still kept their position. Though they rejected Jesus. But they had enough in their titles to keep them in the church. 
Are you hearing me? Jamaica, Ocho Rios, sent and won't change until we reject Barabbas, receive Jesus, and ask that his power be released in our lives. Amen? To release Jesus in our lives is to allow him to control everything we do. Every word we speak and every cent we spend by putting him on the throne of our hearts. Where Jesus is the center of it all. Where we seek him first, his kingdom and his righteousness. Where he becomes our number one, our first priority. Where we honor him with everything that is the best in our life and the best part of our lives. In that position, he becomes first priority. We don't fit him in to our daily lives. We build our lives around him. You see, too often we fit Jesus in. We do what we need to do and say, okay, well, at least on Sunday I get to go to church. At least I did a little Bible reading. Have you ever done that? At least I'm guilty of that, right? Boy, ah, it was such a busy day, but I'm so glad that at least... Woo! Got to the end of the day. You know, just before I go to bed, boy, at least me get to read two little verses. I don't feel as bad. That's a Barabbas kind of an attitude. Because the Jesus kind of attitude is a little different. Jesus says, listen, you have no place to lay his head. House was important to him. You understand me? My, my, my food is to do the Father's will. Nevertheless, not my will be done. But thine will be done. The priority of Jesus' life was to make God the Father the first priority. To release Jesus in our lives means that. That he is the priority. He comes above all and he comes before all. Have you released him in your life? Church, I put it to you that until the church of God in Jamaica put Jesus at the center of the church and have Jesus released into the church and in the lives of the church, Jamaica will keep going down. Because if we're waiting on God to come from heaven, no, we are heaven sent by God. So put it this way. When you're waiting on heaven, just know that heaven is waiting on you. Let me say it to you again. Stop waiting on heaven. Know that heaven is waiting on you. The moment the church of God gets into the place where God wants it to be, then we'll begin to see the move of God in the earth. It wasn't God who needed to get in line. It was Moses. It wasn't God who needed to get in line. It was David. It wasn't God who needed to get in line. It was Abraham. It's not God who needs to get in line. It's church on the rock, Ocherios. It's you and it is me. And have his power be released over our lives. 
So what will you do with Jesus? Will you only do the popular? Reject and replace? Or will you be courageous and do the prudent? Receive and release? If you trust him, he will do the heavy heavy lifting. So I implore you, don't do the popular. Because majority is many times just the fools take inside. Act prudently today. Receive Jesus and release him in your life. I've heard people say, I'm I'm not ready to get baptized yet. You're not ready for Jesus. Let me me say it again. When you're ready for Jesus, you'll get baptized. Come on, church. (laughs) When you're ready for Jesus, you'll get committed to Jesus. Until then, you're still asking for Barabbas. I want you to bow your heads with me this morning. We're going to pray for revival. We're going to pray that the power of God be released in our lives. It starts with repentance, church. So with every eye closed and every head bowed. I don't know what you have compromised to gain. Maybe... You're guilty of asking for Barabbas. Give us Barabbas at the expense of rejecting Jesus. So just repent and say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. Because I have replaced you. Other things have become more important in my life than your kingdom, than you, O God. Just ask him to forgive you because maybe you haven't given him the best of your effort, the best of your time, the best of your life. He has been replaced on the throne of your heart with things, with the barabbases of this world. Just say, Lord, I repent. I repent of replacing you. I repent, Lord God, for rejecting you. I repent for taking the popular option. So I turn away from that which is popular. Come on to begin to pray that and say, Lord, I turn to do what is prudent. So I receive you. As my Lord and my Savior. I recommit. My life to you. I surrender. To your Lordship and your sovereignty. And I declare by faith. 
that you reside on the throne of my heart. Ultimate control of my life is yours, Almighty God. Come on, talk to him, people. It's yours, ultimate control. Come on, just say, Lord, be released in my life. Release your power. Release your spirit. Release your revival fire in my life. This is why you have, you have lost your passion, you have lost your desire. There's a time that even your friends used to say that you're a fanatic and that you're sold out for Jesus. And they used to say that to you and they don't see that anymore. So come on, just, just say, Lord, uh, revive me again, Lord God. Ask him to restore the zeal. Ask him to restore the passion. Ask him to set you ablaze again. Oh God of revival, pour it out. Burn within your people. We need revival. We need your resurrection power. Light up the dark nights, Lord God. With your Holy Spirit fire. Come on, just stand with me this morning. Just lift your hands this morning. Come on, just lift your hands and, and say, God, release. Release your power. Release your spirit. Release revival over my life. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Speak to people. You cry out. They said, the people cried back. Saying crucify, but God, I cry out to you today. I shout back, Lord God. And I say, release your spirit. Release your power. Come on, the steps of the Lord, I need revival. Listen, I love, I love the story, right? Because it's so awesome that the people made the wrong choice. But it didn't deter Jesus. Because he still went to the cross. Though they rejected him. He still went to the cross. And he said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. And so even in your ignorance... God still does what's best for us. Even when we do him wrong, he still makes a choice to do what's right 
on our behalf. He still went to the cross for you. He rose triumphantly. He ascended to sit at the right hand of God the Father. Ever living to intercede on your behalf. Holy Spirit. We lift our hands. Rekindle. The fire in our hearts once again. Restore the lost passion. Restore the lost zeal. We don't need Barabbas. We need Jesus. We enthrone you. As king of our hearts. Come on, just take 45 seconds and just, just with your hands lifted, just worship him. Just, just worship him. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up and uh, as your hands are lifted and you just worship him. Hallelujah. Everything changing in Jesus' name. you Jesus revival Lord revival revival Lord revive us again be released spirit of God oh hallelujah 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 Wonders. Come on, just lift your hands and worship Power him. Has no Hallelujah. The things you've done before in great adventures, you will do again. Different things that one can break through. Mountains you can move on, things are possible. Cause there's no broken body you can raise, no, so that you can save all things are possible. The darkest night, you can light it up, you can light it up.
was released and they received Barabbas so God is pouring it out this morning and we have asked him to release his spirit so we receive come on just begin to utter that now just a lot I receive come on just say I receive
this text this week many theological scholars said that many of the disciples were in the crowds but out of fear they never said anything because remember they had scattered but they were there and when even the shouts were being made about crucify him they kept silent so Jesus had to appear to them to restore your confidence. Mm. So before Jesus ascended to the Father, remember he met them, he spoke to them. He also promised them to wait until the Holy Spirit would have fallen on them. And in the book of Acts, we saw that when they were gathered in the upper room. And what that teaches is that even if you have fear Jesus will visit you yes and so the purpose of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts was never for people to speak in tongues it was to empower people who were once afraid because they were there in the crowds and you know what happened when the Holy Spirit fell on them? They began to speak. Come on, come on. They began to speak. There was a boldness that came when the release of the Spirit. If you study scripture, the same word for release, when they said release Barabbas, is the same word that was used for release when the Holy Spirit was released. It's the same Greek word. So the context is similar. Come on now. That the releasing of Barabbas had consequence for the operation of church. Because after that point, people started following. You know who they started following? The disciples. And not the high priests and the elders. The whole system of church changed. It was a new dispensation. So that means that this releasing this morning means that something is about to change. It won't be like what it was before. Come on, just lift your hands one more time and say, God, pour it out. So, Heavenly Father, we receive an endowment 
power this morning so that we will be your witnesses in all of Ocherius and St. Anne and Jamaica and the rest of the world. And so with boldness we go. We are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. For it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. We thank you. And God, we give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. And we give you all the praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Come on, somebody just clap your hands for Jesus this morning. Hallelujah. God bless you. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. And we meet again on Wednesday at Bible study.